Welcome back, everyone, to Two Spot Monkeys Live. Tom Bobo. I, I'm not Tom Bobo. That's Tom Bobo. Uh, I'm Jim. Uh, back again uh, after night two of Fighter Fest and Great American Bash last week. Uh, but first and foremost, Tom, how the heck are you doing? Uh, good. And I see that um, I'm slowly coming back in the battle for hair. Watch out. I'm coming. <laughs> yeah, to yeah. The, the carrying cross goatee is gone. And uh, I, I can't remember now. Was that still there last week when we recorded? I'm trying to remember. No, no, it left. It uh, well, good. I don't remember. It left quickly after the Fourth of July. Uh, <laughs> my my wife was pretty much refusing to kiss me because of just she just can't stand a mustache. So well, she's like, well I, I think I did forget to tell you that uh, my wife saw a picture, and I think the only thing she said is that's a look. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> nice. Yeah, the best part for at least on the work side of things because everything's virtual now. Um and, and if I may just pause for a second. Absolutely. Listeners, viewers, wear a mask. I don't care where you live, simply just wear a mask. It's not political. It has nothing to do with anything. Do your part, be courteous, slow the spread of COVID-19. We got to get rid of this thing. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of living the life that the way I am. I want to get back to life as normal. Do your part, wear a mask, wash your hands, bathe in hand sanitizer. Maybe not that last part, but come on, do do what you gotta do. Um, sorry, sorry, sorry for that PSA. Back to what I was gonna share. Following the holiday and returning back to work and doing all the Zoom meetings, obviously my look had changed considerably from folks that had seen me previous to the holiday and I was on an extended PTO as well. So the folks that have seen me now as my hair has been shorter and now growing back, they're like, whoa, you did something new. So fun thing there. <laughs> That's always the good thing. Uh, I saw a meme today, just to go back to your PSA, which I 100% endorse and agree with. Um, I saw a meme today that said, if Kane can be in the Royal Rumble for almost an hour and eliminate 18 people or whatever it was and wearing a mask, you can wear it while you go to the grocery store. So there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, tonight, we today, tonight, whenever you're listening to this, watching this, um, again, maybe I should say for the first time, if people aren't aware, uh, depending on where you're consuming this podcast from uh we've been on youtube since we started this uh back not well this is episode nine so eight episodes ago um but starting with the last episode we are also not on, now on spotify we're on apple podcasts we're on a couple of smaller podcast platforms that i don't know um i haven't seen it show up on google yet um but hopefully that'll be soon and i'm looking at how in the world we get it on podbean since that doesn't seem to be using the same um situation as the rest but um now you can listen to us in earbuds on a podcast or you can watch us on youtube however you want um so tell your friends um hopefully we don't bore you to tears otherwise why would you be here um so we're gonna rate, talk tonight though oh yes yeah rate review and subscribe please as other yes. famous podcasters have said that's right yeah give us the five stars um you know give us a little review that'd be great it does help in whatever algorithms especially apple podcasts i know uses which used to be itunes um you know, when you search wrestling podcasts, um, if we have some five stars and some reviews, that would be helpful because other people might see us then. So it'd be fun. Uh, tonight, what we want to do today, what we want to do is go over uh, Fighter Fest Night 2 and Great American Bash Night 2. Quick recap, uh, do our three big things uh, each from for, for each of us from that night, not from each show. Uh, then we want to touch on New Japan Cup and uh, the New Japan Cup Finals and Dominion, which happened over the weekend. And then we want to do our extended Extreme Rules preview, match-by-match uh, -match predictions. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit about the uh, Pick'em competition that Tom and I uh, began back at Backlash. Um, well, at least Tom remembered that there was a competition going on. I apparently had forgotten, um, clearly, by my 
output in that show. Um, but before we get there, uh, let's talk about Fighter Fest and Great American Bash Night 2. Uh, I've got the results here, so I'll just run them down. If I can click on the right page, that'll help. Uh, AEW Dynamite uh, Fighter Fest Night 2 started off with the tag title match. Omega and Page uh, defended their titles against Private Party. Lance Archer then beat Joey Janela. Uh, in the eight-man tag, Pentagon Jr., Ray Phoenix, The Butcher, and The Blade defeated the Young Bucks and FTR. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, talk about that maybe in a minute. Uh, there was a handicap match. Nyla Rose defeated Kenzie Page and Kylan King. And then after the match, her big announcement was that she is looking for a manager. And she's hired a manager, actually, I think she said. Um, but she wasn't ready to reveal who that was yet. Uh, so more to come with Nyla Rose there. Uh, in the six-man tag, you had Brody Lee, Colt Cabana, and Stu Grayson, who defeated SCU. And then in the main event, Chris Jericho defeated Orange Cassidy. Uh, over on the NXT side, started off with the street fight with the ladies. Candice LeRae wins the street fight against Mia Yim. Bronson Reed then gets on the show and gets a win against Tony Nese. Uh, Johnny Gargano over Isaiah Scott. And then uh, uh, I was going to say their faction name, and I can't think of it right now. It's something Fantasma. Legato. Santos Legato del Fantasma. There it is. Uh, it's basically the legacy of Fantasma. Uh, Santos Escobar, Raul Mendoza, and Joaquin Wilde over Drake Maverick, Fandango, and Tyler Breeze. Uh, Mercedes Martinez re-debuted and got a win over Santana Garrett. And then in the winner-take-all title match, the North American champion, Keith Lee, not only defends his title but wins the NXT title by defeating Adam Cole after 400 and some days um, as champion to win that title and keep his NXT North American title. Obviously, a lot more to come on that probably uh, starting this week on NXT. Uh, but before we delve too far into that, because um, I got a sneaky hunch between six things, uh, we might talk about that situation <laughs> at some point. Uh, three big things coming out of Fighter Fest and Great American Bash for each Tom and I. Tom, what was your first big thing? I feel guilty that I, I went first last week. So I actually want to throw it to you and let you go first. Absolutely. We probably should have talked about that before we started. Well, I'm going to start right there with Keith Lee and Adam Cole. Um, I thought they had a really good match, um, which doesn't surprise me. Big fan of both guys. They're both excellent, excellent in the ring. Uh, they can both talk. They are both. They should both be main eventers on the main roster at some point in their future. I hope that Adam Cole's size doesn't play against him. Uh, like Keith Lee's size will play for him, most likely. Uh, both of them are our main event talents and should make a ton of money in this business for a long, long time. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised that there was a reasonably clean finish to that match. Carrying uh, Cross well shown um, in you know, the skybox, I guess, for lack of a better word. I'm really not sure. I wasn't aware there were skyboxes at full sale, but apparently there's one. Uh, you know, was watching, and there certainly was some foreshadowing for uh, future situations around that. He seemed very happy with Keith Lee winning, in fact. Um, but I was glad that he didn't, uh, you know, you and I had talked last week about the fear of a no contest or something like that. Um, really glad that didn't happen because they'd built it up so much. Uh, and again, big fan of both people, but I have always been a big Keith Lee fan. So I am thrilled to see him as the NXT champion. I'm thrilled to see where this leads. Uh, I think Cole had started to run out of challengers. So I think Lee can start you know, fresh now as the champ. Um, obviously, we got to figure out what to do with that North American title. Um, saw an interesting idea of maybe at the takeover come uh, SummerSlam, if there is a takeover at SummerSlam weekend, uh, maybe they do a three-way dance 
two fall match, kind of like they did with, uh, was it Angle, Jericho, and he who shall not be named at one of the WrestleManias, um, where the European and Intercontinental titles were on the line, one one fall and one the other fall. Uh, maybe they do something similar to that uh, with like carrying Cross, Adam Cole, and and Keith Lee, or maybe Johnny Gargano is in there. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. But um, love the match, love the finish. I was good with it, um, and I like the little foreshadowing with carrying Cross moving forward. Yeah, that was fun, um, and the uh, thankful for the for the decisive finish uh, and the non carrying Cross uh, involvement. So the other question I would have coming out of that is, where does this leave the undisputed era? Uh, and what comes next. So it'll be fun to watch that play out uh, if it does or how it does. Uh, my number one, uh, I'm grateful that you didn't say it. I was nervous you might, uh, is the eight-man tag from Fighter Fest Night 2. Good, good, <laughs> good golly. Good golly. This was fantastic. Uh, I mean, they certainly did not um, do everything that they could have done, but they did so much and so much well. Um, kind of the, I mean, the, the finish made sense in the end and we talked about it last week how the bucks are never afraid to take a fall because they're a pretty tough one uh, uh in terms of their um their cachet their 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 ability um their persona their act like they can take a loss and it doesn't impact them so having that happen here uh pretty solid and uh, i remember i want to say it was nick and and ray phoenix uh with the with the dual uh springboard from the second to the top and then nick with the with the rana that was beautiful. And then uh, I think it has to be, it was the, the Ray Phoenix uh, ex, um, destroyer off of, off of the top rope or middle rope onto that pile of people. Yikes, man, I had to rewatch that because that was just so close to being a disaster, <laughs> another Ray Phoenix disaster. Um, but yeah, just a ton of fun, lot, lots of good stuff in that match. Uh, good grief, the, the tag division, I think we mention it almost weekly, if, if, if not every other time we, we join each other here. Uh, tag division in AEW is top notch. And uh, coming up this week, uh, Fight for the Fallen, Lucha Bros and uh, FTR. So dial me up for that too. Yeah, I um, that was my number two, and I was I was looking to see did I want to just make one comment about it and then move on to something else for a number two. No, nope, that deserves both of us praising it. Um, probably the match of all four shows over Fighter Fest or Great American Bash. Um, you know, there were certainly some other really good matches as well, uh, but it, frankly, two really strong nights of wrestling across four shows. Um, but that was that was the one. Um, that was the match. I agree that that destroyer off you know, into the pile of people. I, I remember watching it going, holy, what the, you know, like what is happening here? Um, pleasantly surprised, honestly, with that. We, we had talked about the Bucks being Teflon, but we also had talked about the Butcher and Blade being, you know, which one of these are not like the other. Um, kudos to AEW for giving the heels the win. Um, yes, there was a little bit of miscommunication between the Young Bucks and FTR so that, you know, you can, you can slow burn that. Um, but there's no reason the Butcher and the Blade have to be afterthoughts in that tag division. Just because the tag division's deep doesn't mean they can't be a good part of it. Um, and so to have them on the winning side, I like that at the end, um, when they were standing in the entryway, it was all four of them. It wasn't just the Lucha Brothers. Um, my fear would have been the Lucha Brothers kind of eat the glory and, and Butcher and Blade just kind of slink off real quick. 
Uh, we've seen that happen in other sh other shows with other companies. So I really did like that. Um, but yeah, if, if somebody hasn't seen Fighter Fest Night 2, um, go watch the whole show. I don't think there's anything wrong with the whole show, but go watch this match. <laughs> go watch this match. Um, absolutely. Um, so that was my number two. Uh, what was your number two, Tom? Yeah, one more footnote just on that. Um, yeah. I'm going to call the Shatter Machine, so forgive me because I can't recall the new name of the FTR finisher, but the fact that Shatter the, Machine. Let's go with the, the Young Bucks FTR combo did that. I don't remember who for sure, who was the who were the participants, but the fact that it was one from each team that hit the move, that was pretty fun. I thought that was a cool spot. Uh, my number two would be um, the street fight uh on nxt uh that actually was um something that exceeded my expectations i should never be surprised um in a way i kind of put candace larray into that jay lethal uh category so obviously i've never really told that story before but like jay lethal was always someone that like i was kind of lukewarm on him all the time and then when he got in the ring i was like man he's great i love it it's awesome he's doing good stuff and i'm super engaged Candace isn't totally like that for me, but she has kind of fallen into that trap at times for me. Uh, but then things like the Io Shirai match happened from a takeover a while ago, uh, and then this street fight, and then you just, oh my word, they, they did a lot. They did, they did, they were brutal. And then the ending of the match, the neck breaker off the wedge table onto a pile of chairs. I mean, again, if you've ever seen anything that Candice LeRae did um, with another wrestler who we won't talk about, due to some other reasons in PWG, you know she's hardcore as heck, but this was solid. Uh, and I'm, I'm quite shocked, to be honest with you. I mean, I would say this is the definitive match in their feud. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they reconvene Candice and Johnny against Keith and Mia. Uh, however, uh, this seemed to be very decisive. So uh, pending the outcome of the next NXT title match between uh, Shirai and Tegan Knox you would think that Candice LeRae is right back in line. Yeah, that was a, a really, really strong match. Great way to start off the show uh, for NXT that week. Uh, my third thing uh, was I, I went back and forth on a few different things because, like we said, it was a really good week of wrestling, um, two, or a night of wrestling. Um, but I'm going to go with Nyla Rose and the the search for the manager or who her manager will be. Um, it harkens back for me to the Bam Bam Bigelow days uh, when he came into the WWF. And there was uh, everybody, every manager wanted to sign Bigelow. Um, I don't know if you remember this, Tom, or not, but um, Slick wanted him and Fuji wanted him and Hina wanted him. Um, and he ends up debuting Sir Oliver Humperdinck as his manager out of kind of nowhere. Um, Humperdinck, you know, had worked, I think, down in Florida, um, hadn't been in WWF before, or if he had, it was not anything, um, you know, front and center. Uh, and and so Oliver Humperdinck ends up becoming his manager. So I'm kind of curious um, and knowing the way that Cody, especially Cody uh, really loves his history and loves little callbacks to things. It kind of makes me wonder if that's a little bit of what they're doing here. It's not the same because it's not, she's not looking for a manager. She said she's hired one, um, but she's not ready to reveal who that is yet. Um, if you look at the managers you've got um, in, in AEW right now, I think we can rule out the Nightmare Family. I think we can rule out Brandy Rhodes, uh, Tully Blanchard, maybe uh, Arn Anderson. Again, that's with the Nightmare Family. Let's. I think we can rule that out. Uh, Jake, Jake Roberts, maybe that that would be interesting. Um, Nyla's not great on the mic, so I think her having a manager will be interesting. Um, 
but I have a sneaky hunch it's going to be somebody that isn't there right now or that we haven't seen uh, right now. I almost wonder if it could be a female manager too, and I don't know who that would be. Uh, yeah, so I'm just curious. Um, I suppose it could be Luther um, if they want to turn him into a manager, uh, but let's hope not. Um, I don't know. I'm just interested. I like these little mysteries when they do them. Uh, my one uh, downfall that I have is that I usually build it up too much in my head and enjoy it too much until the payoff, and then the payoff stinks um, because I'm expecting something great. Uh, so we'll see how that works out. But uh, that was my number three. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing who Nyla Rose has picked as her manager. And is this manager only going to manage Nyla or, you know, is there a stable that's going to come out of this? Yeah, that'll be fun to watch develop. Um, I can't believe we're already at the third thing uh, for each of us. I mean, I feel like there's a bunch of things we could talk about, but I like that we're doing this format. It makes it nice and tight and concise. And while there could be other things that we have thoughts and feelings on, we're really narrowing it down. Um, my third is going to be, uh, as a former huge ECW fan, uh, I remember very vividly, uh, probably was the summer of 95, getting a four-episode tape of uh, fall 94 ECW TV. And I swear to you, the fact that I didn't wear the tape out for how many times I watched it. Um, it was the build to November to remember 94. And then that was the key that unlocked my fandom. Uh, and I watched ECW religiously and made pay-per-views a destination. Um, so, and Taz was one of my most favorite wrestlers growing up. Uh, so having the FTW title reintroduced and given to Brian Cage was really interesting and exciting. Um, I'm eager to see where that goes with Fight for the Fallen and the AEW title on the line. Uh, you don't want to have Brian Cage lose, perhaps, and, and undermine the value of the FTW title. Uh, but again, it was never on the same level back in ECW against the, the ECW world title. So it'll be fun to watch how that continues to play out this week. And um, Taz is an off-piece for Brian Cage. Well, I don't think it's a a, a bad thing by any means. Um, it's given an added layer to him, and um, it's been fun to watch develop. That's cool. Yeah, absolutely. And I love Taz's line. Uh, I think it was two weeks ago uh, when they announced that the, the match was being pushed back to this week for Fight for the Fallen uh, when he said that uh, we don't run a sloppy shop here as far as COVID testing goes. A uh, little bit of a shot taken there. Uh, but you can't say that he wasn't right either. So, um, yeah, it's kind of fun. Um, and Taz is not afraid to take shots. Um, I like Taz as a mouthpiece. Uh, I'd be fine if Taz had a stable, but I'm okay with him just staying with Cage, too. Uh, Cage has never been known as a huge promo guy. Uh, I think he's fine on the mic. I don't think he's, you know, he's not Sid on the mic or anything where you're like, God, what is he going to say? Um, or Scott Steiner doing math. But, um, you know, he, Taz, Taz is phenomenal on the mic so that's a great way to use taz all right well moving on from fighter fest and the great american bash like tom said we could sit here and probably talk about each match individually and and do a whole show just on that uh but alas real life comes and we only have so much time uh, in a given week to sit and do podcasting so uh we are going to move on to a little bit of discussion and we really haven't talked about a format for this for the new japan cup finals and dominion uh we'll just hit the highlights though uh, new japan cup finals uh, obviously, Evil wins the finals uh, over Kazushka Okada, uh, calls out Naito, and uh, turns on him and joins the Bullet Club, seemingly becoming 
the de facto leader of the Bullet Club too in the process. Uh, keeping in mind that Jay White is stuck over here in the United States and Kenta is as well. Uh, really wasn't a leader outside of maybe Ghetto uh, for for the Bullet Club. I think that the likelihood of Jay White or Kenta making it back to Japan anytime in the real near future uh, is pretty slim. So uh, I, I think they just felt they needed to do something. And maybe this was the plan all along. I, I can't help but think it wasn't. Uh, I don't think when Naito won the title at Wrestle Kingdom, the plan was to, to flip it to evil in Ju in July. Uh, but hey, a pandemic comes and you just... You know, we talked about, do you throw out the booking? Um, I think they have in some ways, and then in other ways, they've certainly kept the booking. Uh, at Dominion, lots of undercard card stuff, but the three kind of main matches, Shingo over Show to keep his never open weight title. Uh, the tag match went exactly as you and I thought it would, um, and Tai Chi and, and Zack Sabre winning the tag titles. I know you haven't seen that match yet. I hope you knew the result, or I just ruined it for you. Um, <laughs> And uh, and then the world title, uh, Evil, becomes the double champion and beats Naito um, after a couple of low blows and a fake Bushi uh, coming out and, and interrupting. And the fake Bushi is Dick Togo, or as Bruce Pritchard calls him, Dick Togo. Um, <laughs> and, and Evil has now put on Twitter that it's his, that's his new partner. Um, is the, word, the phrase he used, he used a different word, but it translates to partner. Um, Originally, somebody thought maybe Dick Togo was going to be his manager, but I think Togo's working, um, and he is working, actually, at least one of the uh, upcoming shows here in a six- or eight-man tag. But uh, Evil is your IWGP and Intercontinental Champion in New Japan. Naito cannot get himself a run with that big title to save his life. What, what were you thinking, Tom? What, what were your thoughts? Yeah, so I'm going to start there because I love the point you made. Uh, and I love that storytelling. Like, that is, that is the story of Naito. Like, he, he can acquire the title, and they just can't get the wheels moving. So, it, you know, in hindsight, I'd say you should have saw this coming, but you probably wouldn't have seen this coming because, again, I don't think anyone saw Evil winning the New Japan Cup. But then even as you look back in the New Japan Cup and you watch how he wrestled his matches and how he was, for lack of a better term, evil throughout the matches and how it built and built and built, the foreshadowing was there the entire time. So um, I actually enjoyed the main event of Dominion. I thought it was, uh, it, was a, it was a long match. Um, it wasn't super like high-paced or energetic and with a diminished crowd um, again, and crowds were back, so that was awesome. It, it wasn't maybe as loud as it could have been. That being said, like it, it all, it it all made sense, and 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 I can take or leave the the Bullet Club interference, uh, but that's kind of what they're known for. They're known they're 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 the, the main heel faction here in New Japan. So the way they were getting down with it, and then the introduction of Dick Togo. I mean, it, it 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 works, and 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 again, I think to your point, it's very fair to say whether this was actually part of the plan or uh, they pivoted and went left when you thought they were going right. You you need a stronger face of the Bullet Club, and they've gone that route with Evil. Yeah, I mean, Ghetto wasn't going to be the. You know, he can be a manager uh, face, but he's not going to, obviously, at this point in his life, be the, the working face. Um, 
who thought in 2020 uh, that Yujiro Takahashi would be uh, entering into a feud with Kazushika Okada? Um, so they're certainly going to try to make Takahashi a little little stronger. Um, you know, we'll see. I, I thought the match, the main event match, was was a little long. Um, like you mentioned, I, I think they definitely could have trimmed it some. Uh, but in the end, I, hey, you know, sometimes we complain as wrestling fans that um, that we can see everything coming. Everything's too predictable. Find me the person who predicted Evil was going to win the New Japan Cup, turn, become the leader of the Bullet Club, and beat Naito at Dominion. Uh, and I'll tell you that person's lying. There's nobody that predicted that. There might have been somebody that predicted him winning the cup. Maybe. Um, I can tell you of the seven people that were in our pick, I'm certainly nobody had evil um, in their, their pickums. Um, clearly, your dog does not think evil was going to win the title either. It's um, not my dog. It's the neighbor's dog. And it's it's the neighbor's annoying. dog. <laughs> okay. The neighbor's dog uh, thinks. <laughs> Tom's like, my dog would never act that way. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, I just maybe somebody would have thought Evil was going to win the tournament, but nobody, nobody saw him winning the title. Um, so, kudos to New Japan for doing something that nobody saw coming. Um, and I'm willing to let it play out. You know, I think some people have have poo pooed it, or they they hate that the Bullet Club is, um, you know, taking over again, or they've they're played out, or whatever that all is. Let's let it play out. Let's let it have some fun. You know what? If it stinks, hopefully they'll they'll turn it around and zig or zag again. Um, somebody said they wished it would have been Shingo. Okay, selfishly I would too, because I just really like Shingo. But um, Shingo just came into the heavyweight division. I think Evil's at least a little more established in that division. Uh, so I'm fine with this. It'll be interesting to see what they do with the never six, never openweight six-man tag titles, because Evil officially, Evil, Shingo, and Bushi are the current six-man titles. My assumption is they just say LIJ are the six-man tag champs, and Sonata takes that spot or something, um, or, or Hiromu maybe even sometimes if you do like a free bird rule with it. Um, so officially right now, Evil is actually Evil three belts, not two belts, because uh, he officially is still one, one third of those six-man tag, tag champs. Uh, I'm interested to see, uh, they've got, uh, was a New Japan Road coming up later this month, which is kind of one of their road two shows. It's a lot of tag matches and that sort of thing. And then uh, Senguko Lord, I think is the name of the next uh, match coming up or uh, kind of pay-per-view coming up uh, where it is Naito against Hiromu. No, not Naito against Hiromu. Evil against Hiromu. I knew that didn't sound right when I said it. Naito Hiromu is what I thought we were going to at, at Dominion. Um, Evil versus Hiromu. Uh, you've got Kazushika Okada versus Yujiro Takahashi. Uh, and El Desperado getting that never open white title shot uh, after he attacked Shingo after his match. So um, that should be really good too. Desperado's looked really good here in this restart as well. Uh, and a bunch of other matches too. Uh, we did mention last time, Tom, Master Watto, I don't know if you were able to see his two matches uh, from from the, the cup finals when he had the one-on-one -on -one with Doki and then the uh, six or eight man, whatever he was in at Dominion. Did you get to see anything of Watto? I saw the singles, but not the tag. Okay. I, I thought he looked good in the singles. Yeah. I, the gimmick is really stupid. Um, I think they're going to have to work on that. Um, I, it just doesn't doesn't scream top guy to me. Um, but they can tweak that and figure that out. In the ring, though, I thought he looked good. Um, and, and that's saying something because I don't think Doki was leading into anything because I don't think Doki 
Doki is Dookie. Uh, so you know, <laughs> I don't think he's any good in the ring, really. Um, I thought his name was Dookie the first time that I saw him announced. So um, anyways, before we get into 12-year-old jokes, um, uh, I thought Watto looked pretty good in those matches. I agree. So just a couple of responses to, to some of the things you shared. The Okada Takahashi like match, again, while probably not sexy on paper, they have a history. I think that uh, Takahashi also interfered. I saw somewhere, it was either New Japan's social media or something on Twitter, where he was the reason why Okada lost the belt to AJ Styles, I believe, years oh, wow. ago. And again, I'm not a New Japan uh, historian by any means, so if I'm wrong and you're listening, shoot me a tweet and correct me. Or or not. It doesn't matter to me. Um, <laughs> hey, we haven't gotten hate tweets yet, so that's what we're <laughs> Um, so, so that that's again that long term storytelling. That's that's my point in making that comment. Is there's some long term storytelling there, so it makes sense they're having a singles match. Um, in addition to that, six men never open weight. Six men, they also have the junior belts because Yo is injured. That that are that are kind of right. like out there right now that we don't know what's going to happen. And then good old John Moxley again. If, if we're not getting Jay White or Kenta, we're not getting John Moxley. So some of the decisions about titles in New Japan are going to need to be made here uh, relatively soon, you would think, or, or at least some, if, they're, if they don't make a decision about those titles being switched, and I think with your, your, your thought about the, the LIJ Freebird rule makes a lot of sense. Uh, again, too, like if we're going to get a full-blown Bullet Club uh, LIJ feud, I could see the Bullet Club winning those belts, too, coming up here. In, in some form or fashion. Um, so, yeah, and then the last thing I just want to say, because we didn't really hit on it, um, give me Shingo Takagi and show in all of the days that end with why, because uh, that was awesome once again. And uh, top five wrestler for me right now that I want to, like, make a time and make appointment viewing, it's Shingo for sure. And show show's going to be a star for them. Uh, you know, he's he's – it wouldn't be the worst thing for him for them to go ahead and strip those junior titles from them. If yo is going to be out for any length of time. Um, and maybe they're just done as a tag team in the junior division for now, you know, again, if yo is going to be out for any length of time um, and, and let show go and do some stuff. I, he's certainly looking more heavyweight than junior. He's put on an awful lot of size um, for his frame. Uh, yeah, I, I show's got a, a future. Maybe he's going to be a junior heavyweight champion before he becomes. He's going to go maybe the the Osprey route um, and do junior heavyweight and the Omega route for that matter, um, and do junior before heavy. But um, I I think show will be just fine with Yo being out hurt. If it was the other way around, I don't know that I'd say the same thing. Uh, I think it that might turn into like an USO situation in the WWE where when one USO is out, the other one's here hosting stupid karaoke segments but that's a story for a different time when we're talking about smackdown perhaps um it's a bad show friday anyways um so now that we have talked about the wonderfulness that is new japan and shingo and show and uh you know the eight-man tag from AEW, now we're going to switch gears uh and we are going to talk extreme rules it is this weekend uh tom and i usually well usually we've done it once so far on this show uh but Back in the day when we uh, last were doing Two Spot Monkeys podcast, we did a, a ongoing series called Head to Head. 
Uh, there was a little little uh, something on the line usually in head to head too. We'll have to talk about whether we want to uh, reinstill the the, uh, the stakes. Uh, usually it was a a t-shirt or figure of the. Uh, well, I guess that became our football bet, the t-shirt of the figure situation. Head to head, you had to shave your head, which I don't think you ever actually owned up to with me. Um, it just happened. I'm going it back right oh, now. Oh, was that what was your head-to-head <laughs> bet? Um, and then you you did uh, wear a Chicago Bears shirt to a, a wrestling show, a Ring of Honor show that you and I both attended in Chicago uh, because I, was, I won two years in a row of that competition. However, as I mentioned at the top of the show, after Backlash, uh, right now, I am losing the current competition. One show in, uh, Tom went five and two uh, at Backlash and has a two-match lead. Uh, as I went three and four, uh, I think we both missed the same two. And then I uh, I picked Jeff Hardy over Sheamus, which didn't work out. And I went out on the limb with Bobby Lashley, and yeah, that didn't happen either. <laughs> so uh, the fear came true. Lana came down, screwed it all up, and here we are. Uh, that storyline seems to have gone away, although uh, Rusev has COVID, so Lana probably isn't coming to work right well, now. Her, her parents, she posted on social that her parents. There was something going on with her parents, so, yeah. Yeah, that's unfortunate. It is, it is. And, and you know, she was, she was, seemed like she and Natalia, I think, had formed a, a team. Um, and maybe they'll get back to that. Um, obviously, she's got more important things going on right now, as much as um, I can rag on how that match ended a month ago. Uh, in real life, um, Lana, CJ Perry, I think everybody knows her name, um, thoughts and prayers to uh, their family as they go through an awful lot of stuff all at once. Um, that's that's a lot. But let's talk Extreme Rules. There are seven matches again on this card, much like there were last last time. I uh, mentioned to Tom before we started recording, I really think they're going to add a Street Profits versus Andrade and Angel Garza, uh, but maybe that'll wait until Monday like the Orton Big Show matches too. I don't know. Um, but they haven't added it, so we're not going to pick it. Um, Last month, they hadn't added the Raw Tag Team title match either, and it became that thing with a trash monster. So you never know. Something could come up. Just said the word trash monster the second time on this podcast. Um, what are they doing? We'll get to things like that. But before we get to that, let's go match by match, make our predictions, talk about the matches, talk about the build, whatever there is to it. Uh, but let's kick off with a SmackDown women's title match. Bailey, the champion, Bailey Two Belts, uh, versus Nikki Cross getting the title shot here. After she won, uh, I think it was a four-way a couple of weeks back on SmackDown uh, to get this title shot. Um, Tom, I went first on the three things, so why don't you go ahead and go first here on the Extreme Rules pay-per-view? Yeah, so again, keeping the 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 ongoing uh, theme that I felt with Bailey, I think the, the the ultimate end goal is Bailey as champion against Sasha as challenger at some point. Um, it may be longer now than what we what I thought originally. I had kind of thought SummerSlam and when it was going to be in Boston and the history with Sasha and Boston and all that other stuff. Um, that's obviously not not on the table anymore. Uh, it doesn't mean the match doesn't come together. Uh, and they've been actually one of the one of the brighter spots on WWE TV as uh, women's tag champs and just the the presentation that they have. Uh, have brought to the TV has been has been solid. Um, that's not what we're here to talk about, though. We'll talk about Sasha later. I don't see Bailey. I, I, I did want to say all that to say I don't see Bailey losing the match here. I think Bailey wins and retains. Um, it should be a good match. Um, she's actually been one of the better heels of the year. Um, you know, in 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 a time when 
you know, you're, you're looking for people to stand out uh, in different ways. Uh, Bailey has done that. Uh, so good for her. Uh, it's been a fun, she's, she's one of the reasons you want to tune in to watch WWE on nights where SmackDown is bad. Uh, so, yeah. So I, I expect a solid match and nothing, nothing too, uh, too noteworthy uh, to think of right now. Uh, maybe next week we'll both be surprised. Yeah. Um, I'm right there with you. Uh, no way Nikki Cross wins this title match uh, because like you said, the story is clearly headed towards Bailey and Sasha eventually, whether that's SummerSlam or somewhere else. Um, I, I tend to think it probably will still be SummerSlam because I don't know what else you do at SummerSlam unless you do Bailey and Sasha versus like you can get Trish and Lita to come in or something like that for the for a big show. But you'd almost rather have a crowd to put that in front of. So, uh, yeah, I, I like Nikki Cross, uh, but I don't see it. You know, could Alexa Bliss finally turn on Nikki Cross? Because um, I think ever since they've become a team, everybody's expected that, and they never did it. Uh, kudos to them for not doing what everybody expected them to do and actually letting the story play. Um, maybe I think Alexa makes a little bit better of a heel than a babyface. Uh, she's fine as babyface, but um, you know, is that nasty heel? Um, Alexa's really good, although they've got an awful lot of top heels in the women's division. So Alexa's babyface is a good thing too. Um, but yeah, Nikki, Nikki's not winning this title, um, but Nikki's good. So I agree with you. I think this will be a fine match. Um, will it be the match of the night? Probably not. Uh, but will it be something that we're saying, gosh, that was just horrible. I don't think it needs so either. I think it'll be just fine for what it is. Uh, next match up is the U.S. title match. Apollo Crews um, trying to win the new U.S. title. It was really weirdly worded. Um, you know, there's a U.S. title belt, but like he's got to beat MVP to get it, even though he's the U.S. champ. Um, I um, at least MVP isn't holding it in the picture on WWE.com. Um, uh, first first things first, I don't think the belt looks that bad. Um, could it have a little more blue accents to it uh, behind the stars, maybe make it pop a little more? Sure. Um, but the new belt actually doesn't look too bad. I'm a, I'm a, a nostalgia guy when it comes to belts. The Intercontinental title is terrible. <laughs> the new Intercontinental title is awful. Um, they never should have changed. They shouldn't have changed it from what they were using, which was the old belt. Um, I was fine with the white strap. That's fine. You know, of course, to me, it's Ricky Steamboat holding it with the black strap at WrestleMania three. That's that's the Intercontinental belt. Um, pretty much the same title with just the WWF WWE change that they had been using. That new one is terrible. Um, the U.S. belt, I'd love to see them use the one that, you know, Dusty Rhodes and Lex Luger wore. Um, they're not going to do that. Um, so this new one, I, I think, is fine. It's not nearly as hideous as the Intercontinental belt. Um, I, this story is weird to me because MVP is trying to recruit Apollo Crews, and I still think eventually Apollo Crews is going to join um, that stable with with Lashley and, and him. Uh and maybe Shelton Benjamin will see. Uh, seemed like for a minute they were going to do something with Benjamin, and then he hasn't really been around. Uh, but MVP's not going to be the U.S. champion. That would be a stupid move. Uh, so I think Apollo Crews wins this match. Uh, whether it leads to some sort of respect, and Crews eventually then does join on Monday or something, I don't know. Um, but I think I think Crews keeps the the U.S. title here. Yeah, that's my pick as well. I, you know, and I'm really surprised. Um, I'm not totally caught up on Raw yet, but from what I feel like I've been paying attention to prior to the episode that aired this week, 
I was really thinking they were heading towards Apollo versus Lashley. And I and I was not not to not to throw Apollo's reign off the tracks or let him get some momentum as champion. Um, I thought that you know Lashley not winning the title, which your hypothesis and thought about that with with McIntyre wasn't off base. Um, and so I thought based on that, the next step to keep Lashley relevant because he's been one of the more consistent figures in this time would be to have him get the United States title. And again, then you're a bad guy and it's easier to have good guys chase bad guys. Um, we'll see. Um, yeah, I, and, and, and I like the idea of, of the faction because isn't MVP else trying to recruit Cedric as well and draw and make some ascension between Cedric and Ricochet? So, yeah, it seems like so. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. Um, you know, maybe somehow, some way we get a six man Maybe you know I, I I don't again we both agree that the title is not switching here if if we're wrong then that'll be fun to talk about next week but like you know give me Apollo Ricochet Cedric versus MVP Lashley and Shelton and then and then give me give me a turn by somebody on the face side that maybe we're not expecting maybe it's Rick, maybe it's Ricochet who knows absolutely. Well, we're two for two on uh, picks, um, and now we come to one of the matches that we differed on uh, last month. Uh, I believe the only rematch from last month. Uh, did Cruz face MVP last month? I don't remember. No, no, uh, no. I didn't think he did. Uh, so yeah, the only rematch we have from extreme uh, from Backlash, excuse me. Uh, but this time, I believe we're going cinematic. Uh, we're doing a bar fight between Jeff Hardy. And Seamus. Uh, it looks like there could be up to three um, cinematic CGI something matches on this show, which will be something to talk about here as we move forward. But the first one we're going to talk about um, is the bar fight. And I went first last match. So, Tom, what are you, what are you thinking in the bar fight? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm intrigued. Uh, I'm intrigued for how this is going to get put together. And uh, it makes me think back a little bit. When I, when I hear the word bar fight, I, uh, my mind goes to the old hardcore title. And when they would have like the hardcore title matches on Raw where they would be at the venue and then they would spill into a local bar because they'd be like downtown somewhere, downtown Nashville or downtown Boston or somewhere else. Um, so those were fun. And obviously, of course, it was a hardcore match. So there was a lot of bottle smashing, pool sticks, all that other fun stuff. Uh, Foreshadowing Jeff Hardy, Swanton off the pool table. Here it comes. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I, I'm interested to see how it plays out. I think this is the type, the right type of match for a cinematic match, not a uh, not a tag title match that isn't actually a tag title match where we have a trash monster uh, rearing its ugly uh, and ninjas tentacle. <laughs> uh, yeah, and ninjas as well. Uh, At least the ninjas stuck around, I guess. But Right, right. I'm going to I'm gonna go uh, with Jeff Hardy as my pick. Uh, so I think that it, um, with all that's been going on with the antagonizing of Sheamus and having him win last month, I think it makes sense for Jeff Hardy to win here and get his revenge. Yeah, I agree. This... Uh... This type of match works in a cinematic way, if any do. And some of those cinematic matches have been better than others. We've talked about that before. Um, this this is fine. Uh, well, I haven't loved the story, you know, the uh, the fake DUI thing and, and all of that. And, the you know, we threw pee on somebody on SmackDown one week. Um, 
Vince McMahon loves his pee and puke jokes, jokes, doesn't he? Um, he never got past eight years old. I don't know, but um, I agree. I, I this will be fine. It'll be a brawl. There will be bottles broken. There will be a swanton off something. Um, is it a swanton off something onto a pool table? Maybe. Is it a swanton off the pool table? Maybe. Um, is it a two level bar where Jeff can jump off a balcony? I just saw um, totally an aside on uh, Twitter maybe today that uh, like. Eight years ago today, I think it was, uh, was I believe the first ROH show in Milwaukee and uh, at the Turner Hall Ballroom and Mark Briscoe jumped off the balcony uh, through Kevin Steen on a table in the ring. Uh, you know, do we see something like that uh, at the bar fight if there's two levels to the bar maybe? I don't know. Um, but I, I picked Jeff Hardy last month. I was wrong. I'm picking Jeff Hardy again. <laughs> we'll see if I'm right finally this time. Uh, I, this one, I should have. I should have seen last month coming. Sheamus wins to set up some sort of decisive uh, match. This being that decisive match, Hardy should win that match, especially after losing last month. So uh, they seem to like Jeff Hardy. They seem to want to want to push him again. Um, so that might be because they don't want him to go to AEW when his contract uh, comes up and go join his brother. So that's okay for Jeff Hardy if that works out. Uh, I think Hardy wins that match. Excuse me. Uh, moving on to the Raw women's title, Asuka defending the title versus Sasha Banks. And uh, Asuka actually also already has her next challenger lined up. Um, you probably haven't seen this yet, Tom. Um, it didn't happen on Raw. It happened on Raw Talk last night. Um, Kyrie Sane said that if she gets past Sasha Banks, Kyrie is ready for Asuka. Um, and they hugged. And, you know, so it seems like it's going to be an amicable thing. A lot of rumors about Kyrie Saint's future. So um, it, this might be a swan song kind of thing uh, for her if she really is leaving. Uh, we'll see. But um, again, the, the build is to Sasha Bailey. I don't see that being a title for title match because I don't think uh, combining the SmackDown and Raw, Raw title again, what like Becky did, uh, makes any sense. You did that to make Becky the man. Um, I don't think you need to make Bailey or Sasha the man. Uh, so I don't see any way Sasha wins here. I, I actually think probably Bailey has some interference that backfires uh, and causes Oscar to win the match, thus leading to a little bit more dissension, thus leading towards um, Sasha and Bailey. If there is going to happen at SummerSlam, now's the time to start that ball. It, it's been rolling slowly anyways, but uh, maybe you give it a little kick down the hill here uh, by Bailey backfiring and not intending to cost Sasha the match. Um, or maybe it's one of those things where it, did she mean to, or didn't she mean to, you know, kind of thing. Was she jealous of Sasha? Um, I, I think that'll all be interesting to see how it plays out because I think Bailey probably stays the heel when that match does happen between her and Sasha. I just think that makes more sense. And, uh, I think people are more willing right now to cheer Sasha than Bailey. So all that said, having nothing to do with Asuka, um, I think this is going to be a really good match. I think, uh, Asuka has uh, a future challenger starting to make a few waves on her return last night uh, with Shayna Baszler coming back to Raw. I don't want to see them hotshot that for SummerSlam, but that's a story for another title. Story for another title. Story for another episode. Uh, but this one, Asuka. Asuka gets the win, and if I had to bet, I would bet it's botched Bailey interference uh, that leads to it. But we're not picking the finish necessarily, just the winner. Yeah, no, but you, you, you make a good point there. And, 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 and I think that's fair. You know, I think we're both in agreement that the, 
the the end game is a Sasha Bailey match. If we're both wrong, we'll eat crow here together on Two Spot Monkeys Live. That being said, this match, in my opinion, will have a definitive visual pinfall by Sasha Banks, uh, where where it's clear that she can and did beat Asuka, but because of something likely Bailey or or definitely Bailey, it 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 backfires and and Asuka will get the win, and that doesn't diminish Asuka in any way, uh, uh, unless they do some different finish where it goes right from. The visual pinfall that doesn't actually happen in reality to the Bailey component to Asuka with a with a roll up, uh, and maybe that does happen. Who knows? Um, but yeah, Asuka retains here. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't aware of the Kyrie Sane um, kind of maybe the the sun setting on her WWE tenure, uh, but it would be great to have her uh, have a great swan song match against Asuka if that's the case. Yeah. And I, I don't know when that'll happen. They didn't talk about a timing on it, but um, they both said it was a match they wanted on Raw Talk, which obviously was um, was set up for reason there. So uh, be interesting to see. But yeah, uh, so we both. Um, so so far we are four for four, picking the same same uh, winners for all of these these matches. Uh, now we get to one that uh, I used a four letter word on when Tom and I were running down the uh, the format for this. Uh, it is an eye for an eye match. Seth Rollins versus Rey Mysterio. And WWE has come out and said that the way that you win this match is you remove your opponent's eye from its socket. That is a real sentence that they have actually said. Not eye for an eye like we had Moxley versus Santana because, you know, they had each injured each other's eyes. So they called it an eye for an eye, but it was really just a grudge match. No. Someone has to pull somebody's eyeball out to win this match. What third dimension of not heaven <laughs> have I landed in? <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, I don't even know who went first last match. Now this one has me all asunder. Um, you went first. All right, I'm, good. And Tom, and I, save me yeah, from this. No, I'm sad that I have to go first here because when I looked at the card before our conversation today, I was, I was, I knew uh, the pickums were coming, and I, and I thought we'd have a lot of consistency. The, I don't know. Maybe we do here, too, but this is a weird one because it's just uncharted territory. Uh, how are they going to produce, literally, an eyeball? And then how are they going to – I mean, I guess the easy, the easy follow-up is someone has an eye patch uh, forever. Or, or or not or something. Let's be honest. You know, it'll be two weeks, and then they'll miraculously heal and be able to see. Right. So uh, the the story here is revenge for Rey Mysterio, without a doubt. Yeah, the horror show. That's what this is. The horror show. This and then the next match. I think we're going to talk about are like the the reasons why that that tagline is being applied to Extreme Rules. Um. I don't know. I don't know what what more I can say. I'm really excited for what like the in ring is going to be for this match. Don't I, I, it's actually one of the matches uh, probably on equal footing with Sasha and and Oscar as being like the two in ring that I'm most looking forward to. But like I just don't know. And I, I and I'm I'm like I, I've given it thought and I've and my thoughts have been have been processed in full. The stick just throws me for a loop. So my picks for Mysterio. I don't know how Seth Rollins is going to actually lose an eye and how they're going to pull that off. 
and then what they're going to do. And again, I know you were being tongue in cheek that it will be a two week patch job. And then all of a sudden, miraculously, the Messiah has been healed. Uh, yeah, we'll see. I, what are you, please, I'm, I'm eager to hear how you feel. Well, I, I definitely think there's going to be some CGI silliness here uh, to produce that eye. Um, and, and I'm curious to see how terrible it looks. Um, because I, it's, it's just gonna, it's gonna be bad. Um, I, you know, maybe again, maybe I'll eat crow and next week I'll come back and be like, you know, they really pulled off a creative way to do that. Um, I don't have a lot of hope for that, but, um, we had a trash monster last month. Now we got an eyeball dangling out of somebody's head this month. Why, why, why Vince? Um, Bruce Pritchard is clearly overworked and tired. He needs somebody to take over one of these shows. Uh, I agree with you, though. This could go either way, honestly. And you're right. I think maybe part of my frustration with this is Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio in a one-on-one -on -one match with a good story behind it, story for revenge, all of that. You don't have to add the stupidity of the eye versus the eye thing. Um, this, could, this can be in ring if they don't just constantly go to eye gouges and I, you know, I'm going to try to rip your eye out every three seconds. Um, if they don't do that and just have a match for a while until you get to a place where your opponent is so prone that you can, what move do you use to remove an eyeball? You know, I mean, do you just stick your finger in there and pop the sucker out? Um, do, you, do you use an, an object? What does one use to remove an eyeball? I don't know. Um, it, but it could be good. There's no reason these two can't have a really good match. Um, and I think that's my frustration is you set up a story, you set up uh, um, stakes or a reason for this match to take place. Just let the match take place. It doesn't need a stupid stipulation, um, especially one that you can't without CGI or something actually deliver on. You're not going to have Seth Rollins or Rey Mysterio take an eyeball out of their socket. You're simply not going to do it. Um, yeah. I could see this being Mysterio's swan song. Um, there have been stories out that maybe he's not under contract anymore. Um, you got to think WWE again, much like I said with Jeff Hardy, doesn't want him going anywhere else either because Ray Ray would be very welcome, I'm sure, in AEW. Um, New Japan would probably love to get their hands on him if, if they can get anybody out of this country uh, and over there. Um, Ring of Honor would love to have somebody with Rey Mysterio's name show up on one of their shows. Uh, you know, so you got to think Vince doesn't really want to lose him. So it's, a you know, but if Ray's leaving, this could be a way to do it. Um, I, I've gone both ways, though, too. I think it makes more sense to say Mysterio. Uh, because I can see Seth Rollins with the patch. I think he wore a patch last night for a little bit. I don't know, for a promo or something. Um, I can see him, and I can actually see them doing, Tom, exactly what you just said. The Messiah heals himself in a couple of weeks, um, and they just forget this ever happened, which might be the best thing to do. They probably should have forgotten it when they wrote, wrote it down as an idea for this match, but they didn't, so here we are. Uh, I'm going to go Mysterio, which uh, probably means we're going to be, uh, well, I don't know. We, we've got a chance in the next match. I kind of feel like the uh, main event, we're going to probably pick the same. But um, Before we get to the next match, I just yes. want to say, because we haven't touched on this yet, and I know we're going to probably get into it, at least with the final match. For an Extreme Rules show to not have the traditional stipulations that we would maybe expect 
ladder, table, chair, falls come anywhere. I'm I'm really surprised. I'm really surprised by that. <clears throat> and not to armchair book, but you know, I'm I'm prone to do that every once in a while when we're on here chatting. Otherwise, why would we have a show? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know why that you wouldn't have had Seth Rollins say, Ray, I've got no reason to fight you. I've already proven that I'm dominant over you by almost taking your eye. I'll only get in the ring with you if you put up Dominic to 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 be forced into my 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 group to be part of our uh, part of my and I'm, I'm having a word retrieval moment so forgive me just my ministry the, my the whatever min- yeah whatever whatever that's called whatever the and obviously it's it's diminished because austin theory uh is nowhere to be seen but like you know what i mean like different from how eddie guerrero and ray had the thing with dominic years and years and years ago but dominic if i'm not mistaken is is a trained wrestler or, or has been training to be a wrestler has been training at least yeah Right. So um, if you're looking to keep Ray around um, and a a dangling carrot would be, we're going to let your son get involved more than he has been. Um, So that would be maybe a more emotionally charged match. Uh, Even though I don't want to lose my eyes, I'm glad that I have two that work and function well. So I wouldn't want to put one up in a match, but here we are. So. And and the only way I would see, Maybe the way Seth wins is does Dominic turn and does Dominic join Seth? Um, you know, we've seen the son turn on the father, you know, kind of gets overplayed. Um, but I, I could see it. I could, I could see that being a way that Seth gets the win. Um, but I'm going to stay with Mysterio. Uh, yeah. I, again, there's lots of ways they could have written this match that, that would have worked just fine without this stupid, stupid, stupid stipulation. Um, boy, if I didn't go on a rant about Santana and Ortiz last week, I have now. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, let's talk about something that I'm sure is going to make us just think much better, and that's the Wyatt Swamp match uh, between Bray Wyatt, uh, old school Bray Wyatt, it appears, uh, with the uh, Florida... Uh, print shirt and the fedora, I guess, for lack of a better word for the hat, um, versus Braun Strowman. Uh, they're playing off the history, obviously, of Strowman being in the, the Wyatt family. Uh, to me, this is all leading towards The Fiend. Um, the Fiend at SummerSlam, most likely. Braun and The Fiend at SummerSlam for the title. Uh, you know, Braun beat Mr. Rogers, Bray Wyatt, uh, a couple of months back. Um, now he's facing Bray. Um, I fully expect, obviously this is a cinematic match. I fully expect lots of Gaga here. Uh, it, it worries me a little cause it reminds me of the rate, uh, Randy Orton, Bray Wyatt, uh, sister Abigail hunt for sister Abigail or whatever in the world that was, um, which was not good. That was not good. Which of course led to their WrestleMania match, which was really not good. Um, when they, you know, put maggots and stuff on the ring, but let's, we're not here to critique that WrestleMania. Um, I, you know, this is going to be good, but I think Braun Strowman wins it because otherwise if Bray wins this one, I don't know why you need the fiend at, at SummerSlam. And I, I do think that's where they're heading. Um, now, do I think the fiend might be able to beat Braun at SummerSlam? Well, tune into our SummerSlam head to head to find out, um, but uh, there's a little foreshadowing for you. Uh, but I, I think Braun wins this match. This will be fine. Um, I I think maybe a cinematic match with Braun is not a bad idea because you can retake things and make it look good. 
um, kind of like they've done did with the Undertaker in the Boneyard match. Um, far be it for me to call this anywhere near the Boneyard match as far as quality and or um, importance in the grand scheme of wrestling. But um, I think this would be fine. This appears to be a non-title match uh, from all accounts, uh, but I don't think it matters because I see Strowman winning this match um, and moving on then to the only way that Wyatt can beat him is to bring out the Fiend uh, come SummerSlam. So there's my pick. Yeah, well, we're going to have a difference then because I'm going to go with Bray Wyatt. I think um, I think this is what leads to the title match, even though I do agree with your opinion that it is the Fiend who will end up getting the title shot. I think Bray's um, ability to transition in and out of these different characters is part of this overall story. And I think that him luring Braun Strowman into this swamp um, and please, I hope we don't see the return of the trash monster who has made his way to the swamp. Uh, <laughs> uh, wait a minute. Did the swamp monster get signed to AEW with Chuck Taylor? Because otherwise he might get signed here. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so yeah, no, I, a lot of Gaga to your point, I think for sure. But I, but I see actually Bray coming out on top, uh, especially because you are correct. It is non-title. Uh, so I think that, 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 that is the opening that makes, uh, or allows uh, Braun Strowman to lose uh, and then want to get revenge by putting up his title, which I think, again, will ultimately backfire, but we're not at SummerSlam yet, so we'll get there when we get there. And, and you make a compelling point that that could be Braun then says, you know, I want one more shot at you and I'll put up the title, and then you know, Bray says, let me in and, and the lights go red or whatever. Um, and now we see what's going to happen at SummerSlam. You make a compelling point. So watch me go down another match here uh, down the road. Um, I, I do think if you watch this one for what it is um, and just go with the story from a cinematic standpoint, I, I can deal with it. I think that three potential cinematic or CGI enhanced um, counting whatever they're going to do with his eye for an eye stupidity um, three in one show is a little too much for me. Um, I don't mind one match a show being the cinematic or I've learned to accept it. I don't, I don't love it, but I've learned to accept it in this COVID world that we live in. Um, three matches that way. It's a bit much for me. Um, it's, it's not making me really look forward to the show. I am planning to watch it reasonably live. I might start it a little late, start from the beginning. We'll see how Sunday plays out. Um, but, uh, it's a little much. I mean, I'm intrigued. I, this is the match I'm probably most intrigued for because yeah. I'm, they've done cinematic stuff relatively well. We, we've had our, we've, we've, been very, we've been very clear about our frustrations where it hasn't. Uh, so yeah, I'm intrigued. Uh, and then the last, uh, what we think will be the main event, although, you know, they could order this in any way they want, uh, but is the WWE title match with a stipulation to be announced at the show. Dolph Ziggler gets to pick that stipulation. He challenges Drew McIntyre for the world title. There was a photo that was briefly, I think, on Twitter today that said it was a table, ladders, and chairs match. But that, you know, those are placeholders sometimes, too. That doesn't mean anything. Um, and Ziggler made a comment. I think it was on the bump I read that if he gets what he wants past WWE higher-ups, this will be something we've never seen. Uh, okay. Um, that would not be table ladders and chairs. So interesting they had him say that. Um, I hope they don't have him say that. Now it was on the bump, and most people don't watch the bump. Um, from what I can tell, I'm vaguely aware that there's a show called The Bump, but I've never actually watched it. Um, 
but uh, and that was where they revealed that john, that was john morrison's first um return when he came back i know they'd announced it on backstage um you know way to pop a crowd put him on a show nobody watches um but um that either being here or there that's a whole different segment um I, I have no idea what the stipulation will be. Like I said, that, that picture went up briefly today and people caught it. And But who knows whether it really is going to be that. Uh, to me, it needs to be something interesting because they're not having him reveal it. You know, if he comes out and says, you know, ha ha, I've got you, Drew. It's going to be a steel cage match. Wah, wah. You know, I mean, like, okay, we've seen that. Who cares? Um, Drew's been in steel cage matches before. He's been in whatever. It's got to be something that gives Ziggler an unfair advantage for McIntyre to overcome. Um, and I just don't see a steel cage or even a TLC match uh, to be that. And honestly, if it was just going to be a TLC match, put that out there before and advertise it and get people to want to watch that because TLC matches do tend, I think, to draw. People like watching those. Um, so I don't have any clue what the stipulation is, and I don't think it matters in the least. Dolph Ziggler is not winning the WWE title. <laughs> um, you know, if Bobby Lashley isn't going to win it, they're not putting it on Dolph Ziggler. Now, Ziggler and, and McIntyre have some history. I think they'll have a good match. I think it'll be fine. Uh, don't think it's going to be match of the night by any means, but uh, I think it'll be another veteran that they can put in a notch in, in McIntyre's belt on, you know, that he wins uh, probably convincingly after a, a, t a battle uh, through whatever thing he has to overcome, uh, whether it's Drew McIntyre with an arm behind his back or I don't know what ridiculous, you know, it maybe, maybe it's eye for an eye too. Maybe that's what this match is. I don't know. <laughs> you win the title by putting your your the title belt around your opponent's eyeball. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I could be in a WWE creative meeting right now with that crap that I just said. But uh, Tom, what do you, do you have any thought on what that stipulation might be from Dolph Ziggler? I, I don't, and I did not see that image uh, that you had mentioned having gone up earlier on social media. Uh, you're, I do agree with you. It has to be something that makes you go, oh, my gosh, wow. I'm glad I'm tuning in for this. Or, like, I'm actually worried about Drew losing the title. But I don't know what that can be. I honestly don't know what that can be. Um, I don't think he's losing the belt. I think Drew McIntyre wins. And, again, this is another notch on his continued championship reign. What I'm really hoping for here is, like, a really strong match. D Dolph Ziggler is a guy that he, he's just been – around for so long. And even when they try to freshen him up by trading him along with Robert Roode for AJ Styles, which is not a fair trade. And the fact that you come bragging after the fact, um, that's the deal. Like who's on, who on Raw is making those decisions and why, <laughs> how, how did they get swindled so poorly? I mean, you, you let AJ go and he wins the IC belt. Obviously you got hoodwinked. That being said, that's not, that's just, Subcontext for this. Um, Drew has been really solid and really believable, but I want the Drew McIntyre from NXT. I want the Drew McIntyre from Evolve, who had some great in ring matches. And I just don't know that I felt like we've had that yet. I know we talked about obviously that when they had him do the thing with Andrade pretty regularly on Raw. Like that would have been something I could have seen. Um, and th those two guys very capable. These two all are, are also very capable. So my hope here is again a stipulation to your point that pays off that that makes us go, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm you got my attention now. And two that they just deliver in the ring. Um, again, if anyone thinks that 
it's Dolph Ziggler coming out with a title, you're crazy. So. I I fully agree. Um, and again, maybe we'll eat crow next week, but I know we're not going to eat crow. Um, I know we were wrong about evil, but we're not going to be wrong about Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> there's, there's not much we can do there. Uh, so overall, uh, I, I think, uh, well, we had every same pick except for you have Bray Wyatt, which you kind of started talking me into, uh, and I have Braun Strowman. Um, I think either story works, but um, it'll be interesting to see how they go. Uh, so our hope uh, next week is that we're going to get together um, and do two things. We are going to, and if anything else super important in the world of professional wrestling happens, um, We'll certainly talk about it, but uh, we're going to do a, a three big things over uh, extreme rules. And uh, I'm sure one of us will talk about the eye for an eye, or maybe we won't because we want to forget that it ever happened. Uh, we'll update you on our standings on the pick them. But then uh, something that I think is going to be fun is uh, we're going to, we're hoping next week's episode will go up on Thursday, the 23rd, uh, which is the 25th anniversary of In Your House 2, uh, the second In Your House pay-per-view from WWF. Uh, coincidentally, we'll be getting a one-day jump on Conrad Thompson and Bruce Pritchard, who are also hoping to record uh, and put that out, uh, would be on their Friday drop. Um, so listen to us, then listen to them, and uh, know that we'll be better. <laughs> yes. Uh, I don't know if Bruce was there for that that one or not. I, I think he was. Uh, I know sometimes they do shows he wasn't there. But I thought I would just run the card down real quick uh, for that show just to, to tantalize some folks. Uh, we have a singles match starting off with the one, two, three kid versus the roadie, uh, who of course we later know as the road dog, Jesse James. Uh, there's a tag team match between men on a mission, King Mabel and Sir Mo against Razor Ramon and Savio Vega. Uh, that's real early in Savio's run. I believe uh, there in WWF uh, singles match between Bam Bam Bigelow without Sir Oliver Humperdinck. This was much later. Uh, and Henry Godwin, Henry O. Godwin hog, right? Ha ha. Um, we have an Intercontinental title match. Jeff Jarrett, Jarrett defends against Shawn Michaels. That should be fun. Uh, World tag team, title, tag team title match. Easy enough for me to say. Owen Hart and Yokozuna defend against the allied powers of Lex Luger and the British Bulldog. And then we have a world title match, a lumberjack match. Diesel defends against Psycho Sid. I got to admit, Tom, we'll talk about this more next week. As much as I joke about Psycho Sid and his, his promo abilities, I was a huge Sid fan. I have Sid's elite figure sitting right over here on the shelf. Uh, maybe I'll bring that out next week. Um, I was a big Sid fan. So uh, I remember watching this show because I was a big Sid fan. So um, now I like some different things in my wrestling. Maybe my tastes have uh, changed over the years. It's 25 um, years later. So that's fair. It is 25 years later. Um, I'm not a teenager anymore. Was I a teenager then? That was a long time ago. I don't want to do the math. Um, but uh, I was a teenager in 95. Um, yeah, but I was a big Sid fan. So, hey, there's a, there's something maybe you didn't know about me. Uh, all the wrestling we've talked about, I may not have uh, told you about my admiration for one psycho Sid. Uh, hopefully you'll still talk to me next week. It's going to come, come pouring out after you watch this show. Watch out. <laughs> I'm sure. I don't remember much about that match uh, at this point, so it'll be fun to go back and watch. Um, but Sid didn't have a whole lot of matches, to be perfectly honest, that made you go, wow, that was a great match. Uh, you know, the one with uh, uh, Shawn Michaels at the, uh, was it the Astrodome? No, the San Antonio. Um, anyways, wherever it was, um, down in Texas. Uh, Alamo Dome. Alamo Dome, thank you. Um, yeah, that was a pretty good match, but 
Shawn Michaels could have a good match with a broomstick. So, um, and he did that night. So, um, yeah. So looking forward to that. Uh, anything else, Tom, before we uh, sign off on, we didn't quite make it under an hour, but we also didn't go two hour Broadway. So there you go. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm pumped up to come back for episode 10. I think it's fitting for episode 10. We're doing something special uh, with the, with the rewatch, not, not, not rewatch and talk at the same time, but we're going to both rewatch that show ahead of its anniversary. And then, uh, and then drop our thoughts about it 25 years later on its anniversary. I remember watching that live. Uh, I don't remember a lot of memories from 25 years ago, but this is actually one that that is cemented in my memory. I remember where I was that night, whose house I was at, how we had pulled our money to order the pay-per-view at only 15 bucks, um, how one of the friends who was in like through a temper tantrum halfway through because of an argument and ran out of the house. Um, and I was like, screw you. I'm not following you. I'm watching this, this show. I'm here for Shawn Michaels. Um, so uh, I won't get into that next week, but just again, those tangible concrete memories come right back when I think about this show. So I'm looking forward to watching it and uh, getting caught up on those storylines from 25 years ago. Um, I think, I think I'm about, Less than a month after this, because it was before SummerSlam 95, I went to my, I think, second ever house show uh, for WWE, so or WWF at the time. So uh, it's kind of just like a fun, nostalgic period. Uh, so it'll be fun to go down memory lane uh, next week. Absolutely. For me to go back to my first house show ever, uh, I got to go all the way back to Hulk Hogan and Paul Orndorff or work the main event. So um, that, that puts it late 80s. Um, yeah, that was, that was some time ago. Tito Santana versus Kamala first match I ever saw live. But anyways, um, maybe, maybe there's a show about our nostalgia and our memories of old, old shows and other things that we attended. But, uh, until next week, until that happens, uh, Tom, always a pleasure. Um, echo Tom's thoughts from the beginning. Hey guys, let's be safe and just wear a mask. Let's get through this thing. Um, stop making it political. It's just not, uh, let's just, you know, if everybody, if the medical people are right, then you're helping potentially save a life. And if they're wrong, you're inconvenienced for a little bit. Just let's, let's get through it. Let's get back to normal. Cause I agree this stuff. Bleh. <laughs> all right. On that happy note, uh, we'll go ahead and sign off. Uh, and we will talk to you all next week. Like we said, the plan next week is that we'll drop it on Thursday, the 23rd, on the 25th anniversary of that in your house. So keep an eye out for us on YouTube and Spotify and everywhere else. We will talk to you then. Have a great night, everybody. See ya.